What's up, everybody, and welcome to Authentically Imperfect, where we talk about the fact that you don't have to have it all together to fulfill your calling and your purpose. My name is Natasia, and I am your host for this podcast. Hello, everyone, and happy, what is this? I'm recording this on a Thursday, so happy Thursday. I hope that everyone has had an amazing week thus far, even an amazing year. I know it has been a lot going on this year, and it's kind of crazy that we are hitting mid to late February already. I'm literally just like, where are the first few months of the year going? Like, where's the first quarter going, y'all? What's happening? (laughs) So today, I wanted to come on for a little bit because there's this concept that the Lord has been, of course, not just dealing with me about, but kind of navigating me through. And I felt led to share it with you all. So pain and heartbreak. And I don't want to lay this in the context of relational pain and heartbreak, although we could lay it there, right? Many of us, all of us have gone through some sort of either if it's romantic, friendship, relational, um, that type of pain. But I want to relate this context of pain to all forms of pain and heartbreak, right? And wrestling with disappointment, wrestling with heartbreak, wrestling with maybe guilt, wrestling with shame, wrestling with condemnation, all of it, because I feel like even in scripture, there are so many different scriptures that tell us about different types of pain and how God promises to be present in each types, in each type, right? Or each scenario of pain that we go through. And what's really interesting to me too, is that Pain and suffering, excuse me, y'all, pain and suffering is something that is guaranteed in life. Not even just like, oh, you're a Christian or, oh, you're a believer. You're going to go through pain. Yes, you will. And it's just for anybody as we live this life. And what was so profound to me is that I was sitting in the bed. And God spoke to me and he said, Natasia, I would never forcefully walk you into pain to heal you. That is not my nature. My nature is that as you navigate through life, I will be with you to pick up the broken pieces. It was so interesting to me because it kind of brought me back to the question that people like to ask, like, if God is so good, then why do bad things happen to good people? And it's just like, can y'all stop asking that question? Because the fact of the matter is Jesus was the ultimate bestie and good person. And he had to walk through suffering. He was persecuted. He was bullied. He was shamed. It's human nature. Okay. It's just as good is a part of human nature. Evil is a part of human nature. Think about the tree. It was the knowledge of good and evil, (laughs) right? So like where there is good, evil is also present. 
and it's present in you and in me. That's why we can do and say mean things and horrible things at times because we're human. But it also means that we're not, that we shouldn't walk in the shame or the guilt or the condemnation, right? It doesn't mean that you are inherently bad because when God created us, he said, you are good. And he said that knowing exactly what would happen with Adam and Eve. So if he still spoke out of his mouth that when he created man, he saw that it was good. Don't allow guilt, shame, or condemnation to make you feel as if you are not inherently good. You have a choice. You can be evil. You can choose to be evil just like you can choose to be good. Just needed to throw that there. But the really interesting thing is going back to that question, God was like, that's not my nature to forcefully walk you into pain to heal you. You are going to go through trials and tribulations. You are going to go through heartbreak. You are going to go through pain. You are going to go through suffering as you live your life. And God is not this forceful God where he imposes himself on us. That's not his nature. He's not one that sits on top of us and is like, you're going to do this. You're going to say this. He's not religion. Let me come for that. He's not religion, right? He's not forcing a doctrine down your throat. He's not forcing knowledge to you. He's not making you decide to be um, this version of what he did not create you to be. That's not him at all. He gives us free will and he gives us the choice. And his hope's desire is that we choose to walk with him. Because really, I say it all the time, but he just wants to love us. That's it. He just wants to love us. He wants to be in relationship with us again. Is why he went to the cross. To be in relationship with us again. So that we didn't feel like we had to go through the priest or the rabbi or the synagogue or any of that stuff. It's like, no, we have a high priest that we can go to directly. And literally all he wants to do is love us. That's it. He just wants to love us. And I thought it was so profound and beautiful that he explained to me and he emphasized that I would never walk you into situations where you are going to be purposely hurt. Why would I do that? No, no, no. I'm not vindictive and I'm not cynical and God is not narcissistic. <laughs> he literally was like, as you walk through this life and as you make decisions for yourself and as you take steps forward and as you allow me to be present with you, I'm going to pick up the broken pieces with you. You're not walking this out by yourself. So for the person that have been walking through life and even walking through a season of heartbreak and pain, and you felt like 
how in the world am I going to navigate through this? I feel like I'm all alone. I feel like I'm walking this thing out. No, you're not walking it out by yourself. God is literally there to help you pick up the broken pieces. And even when you are down, he is not kicking you. For the person who has been abused by people and relationships, I issue an apology from me and from heaven. It was never God's perfect will or intent for you to be brought down to the lowest place of the lowest. You have to be able to distinguish between people's motives and people's choices and who God is. Because remember, he is not a God that superimposes his will. Satan does. Think about that. The enemy definitely does. He imposes his will. Think about all these agendas that the enemy is trying to push out in the world by people by motives, by ideas, by doctrines. But God, he's not a God of force. That's not his nature. And I think when we're going through pain and seasons of heartbreak, it's really important for us to keep that at the forefront because as we keep that knowledge at the forefront, it helps us to bring that shame and that guilt to him. Because if we're being honest, those are the things that keep us from him. For me, when I've walked through certain seasons of heartbreak and pain, especially in the past, those were the moments where I tried to hide from him. And those were the wrong moments to be hiding from him, baby. Let me tell you something. Because then, like I said, I was going off and, and, uh, and I talk about it, right? I was going off and I'm using masturbation and porn as a cover up for my pain because it's comfortable. It's comforting, right? You just do a quick little session, you knock out <laughs> like bang, bang. That's what it was for me. And in the relationship that I have with God now, I don't always get it right. I don't always get it perfect, but I do know now that when I'm feeling something and it's hurting me, I'm now more able because I've been doing the work and going through the process of healing so that I can sit before him and be like, God, this hurts. I'm in pain and I don't really know how to fix it. I don't want to fix it. I know that you're God enough, not just to fix it, but to redeem it. I know that you're God enough to give me the answer to move forward. I know that you're stronger than me. And you're going to help me get up. And you're going to help me navigate through. I remember last year I was in one of the most painful seasons of my life. And I fell into a depression. And I remember I was talking with my therapist. And I was like, I think I'm navigating through a season of depression. And she was like, yeah. And I said, okay. Because I remember there were days where I literally could not get out of the bed. It's like getting out of the bed was difficult. Is I don't know what. 
doing my hair. I couldn't even do my hair. I couldn't even really get dressed or like throw on clothes that made my body feel good. Showering was painful. It was physically painful and it was like emotionally painful. I would cry in the shower and I just felt this like despair and I'm being real raw and honest because it's real, you know, like it's not just a spirit of heaviness. Like there's a real thing of depression, right? Like let's not over spiritualize stuff y'all as well. There's a real thing called depression that is not necessarily linked to the spiritual realm where it's like, no, your hormones and the chemicals in your body and in your brain are like misaligned and it's legit <laughs> a hormonal and chemical imbalance in your body. And I know that because as soon as I started to incorporate some essential vitamins and nutrients into my body, my body started to respond, right? I had to deal with the emotional side as well of depression, but then I also had to deal with the physical side of depression. And in that, I remember it's like God would meet me in those moments and he wouldn't judge me and he wouldn't superimpose himself on me. He merely would just make me aware of his presence to let me know that he was with me in this season and to let me know that he was with me in the moment and to let me know that he wasn't judging me. He, he only was coming after me to heal me. He only was coming after me to give me life again. He only was coming after me to restore me. He only was coming after me to free me so that I could walk and live in abundance. And it was the message of grace, right? It was the message of reckless love. I don't know if y'all ever heard that song by Corey Asbury. Reckless love. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. Those words in that song are so beautiful because in those moments where I couldn't get out of the bed, where I was struggling, literally fighting for my life on a day-to-day -day basis, those words like that and being aware of God's presence were the things that slowly helped me to navigate through. And it's okay. Let me normalize this. If you walk through a season of anxiety or depression or worry or um, just other things, right? Whatever those things are, please do not allow one, the church, religious people, because I'm sick of it, <laughs> to make you feel like you don't trust God or you don't have faith in God. Mm -mm. No, absolutely not. We're canceling that <laughs> because that does not mean that you don't have faith in God and in his promises. It could literally be something physically or chemically or emotionally wrong with your body where you need to process 
And if you look in scripture, none of those men and women that God used were exempt from going through those things. Okay? Some of them had mental illnesses. Some of them had literal disabilities. Like Moses. Moses had a stutter. Okay? A literal stutter. Like, let's normalize the fact that the people of the Bible were just that. They were people. They were used by God to prove a point and to demonstrate Christ. But they were people. They weren't God. And if you're walking through that season, don't allow people to shame you or to guilt you or to gaslight you even. Uh Uh-uh, the devil's a liar. No. Where you are in your process is for you and for God. And as you allow him in and you allow his voice to be the dominant voice, and that's the thing I had to learn too. Sometimes you got to come off social media. I know we like social media. It can be ha-ha, hilarious, funny, all that good jazz. But sometimes everybody wants to be a voice or an influence. I feel like it's a good thing and a bad thing, right? (laughs) Um, Everybody wants to be a voice and an influence. And that sometimes can create a very confusing narrative, especially when you're trying to heal Because it's like, ooh, I feel like this is relevant to my life. Or, ooh, I feel like that's relevant to my life. Or, ooh, I feel like that's relevant to my life. And it's like, no, 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 no. What God says to you is relevant to your life. It doesn't mean that sometimes he can't use somebody to bless your timeline. Absolutely. But the dominant voice, especially as you are walking through with him, is his voice should be the dominant voice. His voice has to be the dominant voice in all things because if it's not then we're susceptible to being led astray and sometimes that can make the wound much worse the wound has to be healed by God because sometimes there are really only God-sized voids or wounds only he can heal those things only he can fill those things and he also explained to me sometimes it's unfair to put an expectation on other people to heal god-sized wounds you should not put your pain let me let me plug this in there for people you should not expect Right. And expectation has to be healed. So let me also throw that in there. But you should not expect a family member, a spouse, a friend, a neighbor, a co-worker to be your healing space when you have a God-sized wound. A loving rebuke. And I'm saying that because I had to learn that. I was putting the expectation on other people to be able to show up for me and to help me heal Or to heal me when that wasn't their job. No, no, no. That's not their job. Because everybody's navigating their stuff. Everybody has something they're going through. And sometimes they can't carry. And it's unfair for me to expect them to carry me. Just like it's 
sometimes unfair for other people expect to expect me to carry them. It's like, no, I can't carry you. I'm literally living my life and carrying Natasia. Okay. I'm, I'm doing it for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, sometimes we can't put that expectation on other people. It's literally a God sized wound. And so I ask you like, are you putting the expectation on other people to heal your wounds? And if you are, I admonish you to give yourself a heart check and a posture check. And I also ask you to ask yourself, what is blocking me from realizing that God is healer? And not only is he healer, but he wants to heal me. What am I not giving up or allowing him into? What is the blocker? What's the gate or the wall? I'm sorry, not the gate. What's the wall that's blocking me from allowing God into that space with me? And then let him into that space with you. Because I promise you, it's not to destroy you. That is not God. This, sometimes this trauma that we have, it's associated in the people of our past. And that can be your parents. It can be neighbors. It can be whoever raised you. It can be a spouse, a former spouse, right? It could be friends, former friends, it can be teachers, whatever it is, a, just people. But he's not people. And then in the process too, while you're working through and while you allow him to pick up the pieces, the broken pieces of your life, also realize that time is necessary. Because there are moments where I've tried to rush through healing and forgiveness and it backfired <laughs> I have to laugh now I can laugh but like it backfired big time and it actually caused me to go sorry y'all there's the trash they're being ratchet <laughs> but it actually caused me to revert and to go back into a space and into a place that I was not ready to come fully out of yet and in this process right like I said, sometimes we can want the pain to be erased immediately, but time has to be the vehicle for processing the wound or trauma. Take your time because it's better to take your time than try to cover up pain with the solution. Hmm. And also plug for those of us who have been rejected and are recovering perfectionists, right? We know how to mask pain all too well. We know how to do it. I'm telling you, I know how to do it. That's why I said it backfired because I was like, child, let me tell you something. You ain't going to see me hurt. You ain't going to see me cry. You're not going to see my wounds. So I would go out into the world, the day to day with the mask on, acting like everything was okay. When inside, I was breaking, okay? I was crushed. I wanted to die. <laughs> I wanted to give up. 
I literally remember a day where I said to God, I give up altogether. Like, just take me now. And it was like that thing, that depression gripped me so hard and I seriously meant it. I literally begged God to take me home with him. I was like, I don't want to be here. Take me now, please. Why won't you take me? I want to be with you. I don't want to suffer here anymore. And literally he said to me, Natasha, I love you so much but I can't take you because you have work to do here. But I promise you, I will be with you through it. And I promise you, I will walk every single day with you. And he has never broken that promise. But I would get up and I would act like everything was okay until I couldn't anymore. Because he got a heart, he, God, right? He got a hold of my heart. And he began to break everything down to the core of who I was. And he began to deal with the roots. And as he was dealing with the roots, he was saying, hey, Display your humanity. And even in this season, there have been moments of heartbreak and disappointment in all areas of my life, right? Friendships, um, finances, my career, my health. There have been all of those things. Those are just some areas. But in those, God said, hey, I need you to display your humanity and your experiences with pain so that I can heal you. And as God was reaching out to heal me, I felt myself letting go of the narrative that I had used in the past. Letting go of the expectation of others to pour into me the things that only he can give me. And I found myself sitting with him more. I find myself even now sitting with God more and allowing him into these spaces so that I'm free. I'm healed. I'm made whole. And my joy is genuine. So to the person who is worried beyond repair, you're not beyond repair. Let's just get that out of our heads. To the person who feels like they're depressed and they can't come out of the rut, let's get that out of our heads. Because I know what it feels like. I've been there. On several occasions in my life. I've been there. But also know. That he's with you. He's so present. Like. 
when the scripture tells us he's an ever-present help in the time of trouble, that is who he is. And then I love the scripture in Psalms 34, verse 18, where it says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Verse 19, it says, The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. I'm going to read verse 22. For the Lord protects the bones of the righteous. Not one of them is broken. It's a reminder. He's with you. My prayer is that you are keenly aware of his presence. Not just today, but in this season. And that as you become more aware of his presence, realize it's always an invitation. It's always an invitation. It's not a force. It's not. It's always an invitation. And it's an invitation to be refreshed. It's an invitation to be rejuvenated. It's an invitation to get your fight back, to get your spark back, to get your light back. But also, I want you to think about this these two things what are your experiences with pain and what is it trying to tell you and how do you surrender to the one that loves you most because like i said he's never seeking your demise ever pain is not meant to be a punishment pain is oftentimes an indicator that something hurts and something is wrong but what's wrong? And only you can answer that. What's wrong? And as you're learning about yourself and as you're figuring out what's wrong, how do you surrender that to him so that he's able to bring you into the place where you realize everything that is right with you simply because he loves you? I'm telling you, this this is a gospel of grace. This is a gospel of love. This is not religion. This is not shame. This is not condemnation. This is a gospel of grace. It's a gospel of love. And I talk about it so passionately because I've experienced it. And I experience it every single day. And so because I experience it, my job when I speak to you all as my audience is to erase the narratives that trauma informed, that pain informs, that religion or religious people inform, that the world informs. My hope is that in sharing my story in authenticity, and even an imperfection that it helps you all to realize the moments of your story where you can insert authenticity and imperfection. Because I'm not talking to y'all like I'm a, like I'm just this all-knowing. Like, no, I literally am not all-knowing. 
<laughs> I'm not God. And on a second part, I really, I'm human. These are merely just moments of wisdom that God gives me in my devotion because I have relationship with him. Have relationship with him, right? As you have relationship with him, then you will come to find him giving you wisdom. And that wisdom is however he deems for you to share it or not share it. Because there are some things that are just for you. Some things are just for you. Some things he might want you to share. But yeah. He's not vying for your demise. I will emphasize for that because I used to look at God through the lens of how my biological father was. Of the things that have transpired with my mother. The things that have transpired among my past. The relational traumas I went through romantically the relational traumas I went through in friendships the relational traumas I went through in my career the relational traumas right like I'm going to all relational traumas because a lot of it does start with the people right and I'm saying this in a realm of genuine like hey it happens there. And this is how I used to view God. And I still have moments where I have to remind myself, no. Right? Because there's also a realm of forgiveness that you have to walk out with people. You have to forgive. Right? And that is a commandment in scripture. <laughs> it's not a suggestion, y'all. <laughs> like, forgiveness is, is a commandment, a loving one. Right? Albeit. Because we were forgiven. But it's also a process of time that comes with it. So don't beat yourself up if you have pain or if you're frustrated with your mother or with your father or with whoever raised you or your boss or your spouse, your significant other, right? Like teacher, whatever it may be, don't shame yourself for the fact that you're walking through a process. If your heart's desire is that you want to forgive, there's grace and it's going to take time. And you don't, that's why I'm saying, don't rush yourself through it. Take the time that you need because there are some things and I guarantee you, God is going to highlight some things in the realm of, yes, the person did this. And then he's also going to highlight some things depending on what it was. And I put it like that for a reason. Depending on what it was, God will highlight things to you and ask you to take accountability. Right? For me, I had to learn, hey, sometimes this lashing out and this being mean. Hey, precious, I know you're angry. But let's not perpetuate dysfunctional cycles. Let's heal so that you can come to the table in a more healed version of you and be able to communicate. So I had to go through a maturing process as well. 
you might have to go through, not even might, you will go through a maturing process. Let's just put it like that. <laughs> Let's throw that sauce on there. You will go through a process where you have to be matured. And it's okay. It's okay. Just walk through it, right? I'm not saying it don't hurt because let me tell you, it hurt like Hades, okay? <laughs> I was like, wow, this is ghetto. This hurts. I don't like this. I'm not feeling this guy. But he was also like, girl, trust me. I got you. I always have your best interest at heart. But I had to learn, like I said, to stop seeing him through the lens of things that happened in the past and to see him in the reality of who he is right now and who he's always been. But if you can't immediately see that, like I said, don't allow shame, don't allow condemnation, and don't allow guilt to throw you into the place where you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm a horrible person because I forgive them in 2.5 seconds. No, 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 no. Grace. That's why I said it's a gospel of grace. But if your heart is in the right place and you're like, okay, I'm going to forgive. I'm just working through it. I am forgiving. Then you are in the process of forgiveness. And I had to realize that. No, God, I don't want to carry this anger around my entire life because anger can physically make you sick. I don't want to carry this bitterness or this pain because it can physically make me sick. And also because I don't want that to be my narrative and story. Because it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. And all things, remember, like, God wants the absolute best for you. And that doesn't always mean you have to be in community or relationship with the people that hurt you. Use the wisdom of God. If you feel like you need to stay away, then stay away. And if there's reconciliation possible, God will do it. Right? Use wisdom. That's, that's my suggestion there. Use wisdom. Think about what is best for you and use wisdom. But allow him to be present in all of it. Because like I said, he really is vying for your best interest. Because he just cares about us so much. And I really just wanted to impart this level of wisdom that he's given me into your story. And to help you realize that you're not picking up broken pieces by yourself. He's present with you. He loves you and he's always, always, always rooting for you just like I am, right? And so I love you guys so much. You know what I like to say, contend for the greatness that is inside of you. I am rooting for you. And until next time, stay safe, guys. <laughs>